0: I can't say I've ever seen the movie National Treasure, but as of last night, I can say I've seen what I can only assume is the found footage horror version of that movie. As Above So Below came out to Mediocre Reception in 2014. This is probably one of the reasons it's taken me so long to check this one out. I was experiencing quite a bit of burnout from the 2010 style of horror. I was on somewhat of a break, and unless something was strongly recommended, I was pretty content with sitting out. Recently in conversation about movies, As Above So Below has come up quite a few times. I've had friends tell me that it's one that's on their watch list, and a few other people tell me that it's in their top 10 or even top five favorite horror movies of all time. I had always known about this movie, but I hadn't ever heard anything that really gave me a strong enough push to watch it. Luckily, this did the trick. This movie rips right through a 90 minute runtime. It's found footage all the way through. I think this is one part that always left me a little skeptical. I'm not always ready to jump headfirst into found footage movies. It's a preference thing, but a lot of times I find them lacking something. Even if they are scary, often i feel like i've just been put in a bag and shaken around for an hour and a half occasionally seeing glimpses of something spooky in the corner of the screen or the background of a shot this movie does all these things at times but it really uses this style very effectively i found the tension very real there are some moments where they are crawling through these tiny cave holes and it was making me clinch up bad the feeling of not being able to move in a space like that comes across as very scary This is another movie where I would never do the shit. If I was in that movie, it would have been over in a few minutes. The lady would be like, Hey, do you want to go hundreds of feet below the surface of the earth to find a magical stone? We just have to navigate our way through these unmapped caves. I would say no. Hang up the phone and block her number. Roll the credits. Fortunately for us, the people in this movie have balls that are gigantic and made of philosopher's stone. We're following Scarlet throughout this movie. She's a young explorer, a real Indiana Jones stone's type of character, ready to dive into any sort of adventure if it will get her closer to finding the Philosopher's Stone. Her father spent his life searching for the stone, and she is picking up where he left off. The stone is rumored to be an alchemical substance discovered by Nicholas Flamel that can turn metals into gold and grant eternal life. She has her trusty cameraman, Benji, documenting the entire trip. We don't get a ton of backstory on Benji, but this dude is dedicated. We see him following her into so much dangerous and illegal shit. Scarlett meets up with an old friend in Paris named George. George has helped her in the past with what sounds like a similar type of adventure. He's not so sure about helping out, but eventually decides he'll at least help translate, but not actually take part in the search. They meet up with another group of independent explorers at a nightclub in Paris. This completes their team. They're ready to jump into the catacombs and find the Philosopher's Stone. Everything gets turned on its head pretty much from the jump leaving the group no option but to keep pushing forward deeper and deeper underground. I'm going to give a bit of a warning. If you haven't seen this movie yet, and you're someone that doesn't want to know all the major plot points, including the ending, then you should pause this episode, go grab your DVD of As Above, So Below off your shelf, and pop that fucker into your DVD player, because we're about to get into... Big Ass, I'm gonna start off by rewinding a bit back to the beginning. We start this whole adventure off with Scarlett filming herself sneaking into Iran. She's in disguise on a bus going to meet up with a friend of her father's. And this dude Reza's house is a hole in the wall that leads to this underground cave system. These mines are about to be detonated. Not in like a day or two, they are minutes away from blowing these mines to shit. Oh, real quick, I have to mention that Scarlett says that if she's caught sneaking into Iran, she will be buried up to her neck in sand and have a stone wall dropped onto her head what the fuck i wouldn't do this often but i would maybe recommend that scarlet just gets a playstation does some minecraft or assassin's creed or something i don't know if it's worth having an entire stone wall dropped on your head that sounds like it would fucking suck so bad Okay, so Reza and Scarlet are making their way through these mines and there are guards walking around down there with flashlights doing a last minute look around to make sure no one is down there. They manage to hide and soon after, they're the only ones in the cave. There is a loudspeaker announcing the detonation and warning anyone in or nearby to clear out of there. There's about to be some big-ass explosions. Scarlet finds the wall that she's looking for and starts chiseling away at it. She breaks it open and busts through the rest of the wall. Reza is freaking the fuck out. He ends up telling her, I got a family to take care of. Peace out, Scarlet. Good luck. Behind the wall, she finds a big bullhead head made of onyx. It has a bunch of markings on it that can help them translate Aramaic. She starts recording all of the markings with her head camera. She's wearing a GoPro the whole time, so that's our point of view. Right before the mine starts to blow, she sees a man hanging from a noose. It's her dead dad. He disappears and the explosions start going off, and she is hauling ass towards the opening. She gets n- knocked down and narrowly escapes before the whole place collapses. She's back in Reza's place and he warns her that everyone that looks for Flamel's stone is crazy and they all end up dead, like her father. We get a title card, then it cuts to Benji interviewing Scarlett in Paris. She's explaining the philosopher's stone, her father's findings and the goal of the documentary that they're making. She shows him Flamel's tombstone and explains that her father thought there were clues to finding the stone on it. Scarlett takes Benji to this big church and Scarlet is just ready to do a B&E, which isn't surprising considering she's also willing to be crushed by a wall. They find the George up in the clock tower. He's the man that's going to help them translate the Aramaic. Apparently one of his hobbies is breaking into old clock towers that don't work and fixing them without permission. That's kind of a weird kink. At first George is like, no way I'm helping you. Last time I helped you I ended up in a Turkish prison. Scarlet's like, prison schmizen. Don't be a little pussy about it. Which isn't too far off. Scarlet tries to bully George into doing the exploration the entire time. The church bells start chiming for the first time in hundreds of years. Then George nuts in his pants. And then he's like, never mind what I said earlier. I'll help you out. George uses his connections to get them an after hours look around at Flamel's tombstone. They're using the markings from the bull in Iran to decode what the secret message could be on the stone. She realizes there is a symbol of a key on a man back this means the key is on the back so she pulls the artifact down from the wall uses her knowledge of alchemy to whip up a little chemical cocktail from the stuff that she finds on a nearby cleaning cart she rubs this all over the back of the stone and sets it on fire this is one of the many examples of scarlet just doing shit Granted, it works out for her and she finds the hidden message on the back, but I think it's an obvious character trait that becomes really important as the movie goes on. She is confident in what she knows, what she's learned about all of this over the years. Earlier, she explained that she has all these degrees and doctorates and shit. She's been studying under her father for her whole life, so it kind of makes sense why she would be so hasty. They figure out that the key must be underneath Flamel's tomb, 300 some feet below Earth. They'll have to use the catacombs to get there but the catacombs don't go underneath Fulmel's place georgia calls some time ago the streets in that area collapsed which means there must be some sort of cave system down there even though it's not marked on any map the three of them go on a traditional tour of the catacombs to scope out the place and see if they can get an idea of where they need to go something about this movie that really makes it worth checking out is that it's actually filmed in the catacombs it's the first movie to be granted permission to film there which makes for such a wild looking set According to the tour guide, there were 6 million people buried down there. The walls are made up of piles and piles of skulls. There are all these ancient markings and just a shitload of bones everywhere. They see the area that they'll need to go through, but it's basically just a bunch of bones stacked all the way to the ceiling. So they're like, shit, we're going to need a guide. And just like that, they hear someone behind them being like, psst, over here. They turn around and see a young guy writing in a journal. He's like, go to this club and look for Papillon. He can guide you through these caves. They're like, yeah, that sounds great. They look away for a moment and the man is gone. Before they can really react to any of this, the tour guide hollers at them to hurry up. There are a lot of really beautiful shots throughout Paris. I'm not sure the names of all these places, but it's really cool to see. Our group arrives at the nightclub. When they're about to enter, a lady in white walks out and gives Benji an intense stare. She kind of slows down when she sees him. He sees her out of a window just a moment later and she's still staring right at him, walking slowly. Scarlet is running around asking for Papillon. Eventually, they find him, and she pitches her plan to him. It takes a little convincing. She offers him at least half of whatever treasure they find down there. He agrees, and they meet up with his team the next morning. We're introduced to Zed and Sooksi. Papion tells them Zed is the climbing expert and Sooksi is the banshee. Suxi explains all the dangers of the trip they're about to go on. If their lights run out of batteries, they're dead. If they run out of water, they're dead. Benji has said about some scars that we see on Papillon's hand, but Zed just tells him not to talk about them. Benji explains that it's just for the documentary, and they switch subjects. We see Zed do a Robert De Niro impression and freestyle rap. He's great at both of these things. I have nipples, Greg. Could you milk me? Hey yo, traffic, traffic, looking for my chapstick, feeling kind of there's a boy, Maverick we have 6 people in our party now although george is still insisting that he's not going without explaining he tells everyone that he doesn't do caves there's no way in hell he's going down there well, he walks them to the entrance, which is a small hole in the ground underneath a bridge, and starts to tell them goodbye and good luck. Meanwhile, Scarlett is really trying to push him to go. It seems that they have some romantic history. She really wants him on board. Right when he's about to see them off, this cop just rushes in out of nowhere and tackles the shit out of Papillon. This causes everyone to freak out and rush inside the cave entrance, including George. Papillon gets away from the cop and starts lighting smoke bombs behind them. There's no turning back now, George is stuck in this cave. Knowing how this all plays out, if I was George, I'd probably just turn myself into the cops at this point. Even without knowing, I'd probably still do that if I hate caves as much as he does. I'll get into this more later on, but it's almost as if Scarlet's will caused this to happen. Her strong desire to have George along the trip manifested it into existence. I believe we'll see more and more patterns of this, but I'll dig into that after after all the spoilery shit. I was also reading that in this scene, George kind of mirrors Dante in the Inferno. He's forced off his road to travel through hell. Everyone has a GoPro on their headlamp. That's kind of how we get so many angles and great audio for a found footage movie. Paps shows off some of his graffiti inside the catacombs. They're marching through the halls of this cave and there is water that is about waist high. Then they run into a cult that is doing some spooky chanting. Paps just brushes it off. He says, there's always weird peoples down here it's like six women some of which are topless they're painted white from head to toe with red streaks across their eyes how the fuck has no one bailed out yet the tall ass water would have had me out of there benji is zooming in on the colt, and the leader turns and stares at him it's the fucking lady from the club yo the creepy one that kept staring at him benji you gotta find a different job get the fuck out of this devil cave They just cruise right past the colt and keep on keeping on. Pap shows them where they need to go. It's literally a tiny little space completely filled up with bones. Wall-to-wall bones. There's another way, but it's covered up with rocks. And Papion warns them that no one goes that way because it's a bad place. He says people that go in there don't ever come out they had a friend who lived in the caves for two years eventually he became curious enough to check it out and they haven't seen him since so they start climbing through the bones and this is the most claustrophobic shit you can imagine it might be worse than the scene in the descent when the lady gets stuck benji gets stuck and he is freaking the fuck out the chanting from the is getting louder and he cannot calm down scarlet is yelling shit at him but it's not really helping he starts smacking some of the bones away and eventually he gets loose but right when when this happens the tunnel starts to cave in. The way they came collapses and they're stuck in a small room. The only thing they see is the blocked off tunnel that Pap warned them not to go in. Somehow the tunnel entrance has teleported to where they are. They crawl through the entrance and almost immediately see some of Pap's graffiti even though he swears he's never been in there. Pap is fucking freaked out. Then to cut the tension they hear a phone ringing in the distance. Everyone's like what the fuck is going on? Are there phones down here? Pap does say about 50 years ago they ran phone lines through the catacombs but it's all been removed another creepy ass thing pops up is a piano george recognizes it as being identical to his childhood piano him and his brother used to play my bonnie lies over the ocean but they could never complete the song because the a4 key didn't work he starts playing it and could you guess that the a4 key doesn't work george's reaction is great He just says, what's going on? Ben Feldman as George does a great job showing that he's having a hard time trying to comprehend all this impossible shit that's happening. Oh man, but this pit of hell is just getting warmed up. The phone keeps ringing. Scarlet goes to pick it up and it's just a creepy fucking voice saying, why won't you talk to me, Scarlet?" There's all sorts of groaning and hell noises in the background of the call. Then out of fucking nowhere, they see the dude that went missing from going into the forbidden tunnel. His name's Latope, which translates to the mole. And he has crazy fucking black pupils. Looks like he's been stuck in here for a long fucking time. He's like, looks like you want to get out of here. Follow me. At one point, George asks Pap if it's his friend. Pap just says, it's him, but he's different. George asks, should we be following him? And Pap says, I don't know. They end up following La Tope to a well that probably goes about 100 feet down. George is about halfway down the climbing rope when all of a sudden a body just comes crashing down on top of him. It's Benji. His harness broke and he fucks his hands up bad on the ropes. His hands are all bloody and shit but they bandage him up and they just keep on going. There's some crazy fucking noises and the lights start going wild. Zed sees a creepy little kid for a second and then he's gone. The next room they get into is a dead end. Scarlett and George start putting some clues together and figure out that there's a Ptolemaic hinge. Basically they have to remove a rock in the wall to open up the next door. If they choose the wrong rock, they get crushed to death by more rocks. The riddle is about how many planets there are. They figure this shit out in no time. It's a little concerning how fast Scarlet is about to yank some of these goddamn rocks out though. Seems like a pretty serious situation to just yeet your way through it. They get the right rock and into the next room they go. This cave really feels like a haunted house at times. The next room has a dead guy in a knight's uniform laying in a big concrete slab. He's been dead for 700 years but looks really fresh. I was for sure thinking this motherfucker was gonna pop up like the undertaker there's another riddle in this room they figure out that there's a breakaway wall underneath some water scarlet busts through that shit and blindly swims to the next room she doesn't have any second thoughts about this shit she makes it to the next room and everyone else follows her over Latope is just in this room somehow he didn't swim or anything he's just chilling with his black ass bug eyes this room has the philosopher's stone in it and scarlet is fucking pumped yeah. She pulls out a hammer and busts that bitch off the wall. While this is going on, Pap and his crew are breaking through a gate to collect some damn treasure. Somehow Scarlet doesn't notice this in time. Right as she yells, it's a trap, the trap goes off and the room starts to cave in. I wonder if she forgot that she told them they were going to find treasure and they could have half of it. This cave-in fucks up Sooksi's arm. Scarlet grates off some Philosopher's Stone Dust and puts it in Sooksi's wound. This instantly heals her bloody ass arm everyone's like whoa that's cool They're trying to find a way out of the room, and Scarlet finds a marking of a tiny door on the ceiling. Now everyone's like, the door's too tiny for us to fit in. It's a stupid fucking door to have. She sees the symbol for as above, so below, and realizes, oh shit, there's another door below this one. She starts busting up some more rocks in this water, and it opens up and the water starts draining out. She explains that as above, so below is the key to all magic. What's inside me is outside me they jump down the floor and find another tunnel above the tunnel says abandon all hope ye who enter scarlet lets them know that according to mythology that's what it says above the gates of hell all that's comforting She starts crawling in, turns to George and says, and they shall be made to crawl on their bellies to enter the kingdom of darkness. The morale in this group is surprisingly not all that bad. Pap is the only one that kind of pushes back on going through there. I don't really hear anyone else complaining or freaking out too much though. They make it through the tunnel and they're in a mirror image of the room that they were just in. The entrance that they just went through disappears and they can't make any goddamn sense of this. So they just keep moving on. They swim into the next room and the knight is there, but he looks like shit. He's covered in cobwebs and he's basically just a bunch of dust and bones. Their headlamps start acting all weird in this room too. They can't see much until the camera light shines on La Taupe, who is sitting in the corner of the room. He's just breathing heavy and kind of growling to himself. As soon as the light hits him, he freaks out a bit. It's like he got tased for a second. Suxi feels like it's a good idea to get really close to him. For that, she gets chokeslammed and beaten to death. It's pretty brutal. LaTope takes off, They try to stone dust on her, but it can't bring people back from the dead. So she's done for. Pap's pretty fucked up about this, but they keep moving forward. They get to the well that they have to rappel down, and even though Benji got all fucked up last time, they have him go last. He seems pretty nervous about this, and we see a person creep past him in the distance. Benji gets jump scared to death. The lady from the club and the colt appears behind him carrying a baby and screams right in his fucking face. He comes crashing down the well and dies. George sees his little brother that drowned when they were kids underneath the cave floor. He starts freaking out and trying to save him, but they stop him. Then we get one of the craziest fucking scenes in this movie. They see a glow coming from somewhere. It sounds like there's a fire. When they get to it, there's a small car on fire in the middle of the cave. Some dude is sitting in the car and he is burning the fuck up. Pap starts yelling, it's not my fault. Then he's immediately sucked towards the car by nothing. The dude jumps out of the car and drags him in. After this, the car just teleports into nothing. All that's left behind are Pap's legs sticking out of the floor of the cave. For on the knee down he's still kicking it's completely bizarre They run up and try to yank him out for a minute, but realize this ain't working. So I feel like this is a good time to explain some things. I had to look some of this up because on first watch, I didn't really get how all this was tying together. So this cave to hell is definitely using their fears and regrets against them. It seems like the further in they get, the stronger it is. This dude that sucked Pap into who knows where was the guy from the tour that told Scarlet, Benji, and George where to find Papillon so that he could help guide them through the catacombs. Judging by Pap's burn marks, he must have been in an accident with this guy and the dude burned to death. I also didn't recognize the lady outside the club as the lady that scared Benji down the well, so he must have some history with her. Probably something to do with a baby since she's carrying a baby when he dies. Uh, this makes sense why we only see her stare at Benji. She never looks at anyone else and he seems bothered by this. Sooksy obviously feels guilty about not going back to look for Latope. When George's brother drowned, he went to go get help, but got lost in the cave that they were in. Scarlet keeps seeing her dead dad. She feels guilty because he tried to call the night that he hung himself, but she didn't answer. Obviously, she didn't know he was going to kill himself, but okay. We find out Zed has a child that he refuses to acknowledge. They call these things sins later on, but they seem more like guilt or regrets. If I was in this cave, there would be a light coming from somewhere in the distance. When we get close, it's the family desktop from when I was a kid at my parents' house. I come closer and see that rotten.com is pulled up. There's a guy's dick in a mouse trap. Yuck. I close out of that window, but there's another window already pulled up. It's two girls, one cup. Ah, double yuck. I close out of that. Then there's one guy, one jar. Close out of that, and it's Mr. Hands. What the fuck is going on? Close out of that, and LimeWire is downloading Blitzkrieg Bot by Blink-182, Green Day, and Sum 41. I try to stop the download, but it completes. The computer gets a nasty virus, and I'm in deep shit. Anyway, back to the action. We're down to Scarlet, George, and Zed. They're going and going, and then they see someone wearing a black hooded cloak. They're trying to sneak past him. They're doing a pretty shitty job, but he just sits in a wicker chair. He can't be bothered third there's some chanting shit going on, and then out of fucking nowhere, this rock figure comes to life and bites the holy motherfuck out of George's neck. They pull him to safety and start putting pressure on the wound. Scarlet does some of that rock magic into his neck, but it doesn't work. She's like, oh shit, ever since we entered hell, this isn't the right stone anymore. George is spitting out a fuckload of blood, but he reminds her about vitriol. She's like, oh yeah, I gotta rectify this motherfucker. She tells Zed to keep pressure on George's neck and wait right here. I got some shit that I need to go do. BRB. I love what happens next. Scarlet might as well be a Mario character finding a magic star. She just fucking speed runs herself out of hell. Full speed clotheslines the fucking rock monster that busted out of the wall. Skips past Benji's dead body. Climbs up the fucking well. Falls into a pool of blood with a bunch of hands grabbing her and shit. Loses her shoes somewhere. Now she looks fucking cool she's all covered in blood. She sees her dad hanging from a noose, but psych, it's actually her this time and she jump scares herself. Then there's some mouths in the floor biting her feet. Then she's back in the room with the Philosopher's Stone. She rectifies it by putting it back where she got it. Then she sees her reflection and realizes the Philosopher's Stone is the friends we made along the way. Not really. What it really means is that she is the Philosopher's Stone or that the power inside of her because as above, so below, so she just gains superpowers, which kicks ass. She speedruns herself back through hell, sees her dead dad, but this time he's CGI. She tells him sorry, and he disappears. She fucking smokes that rock monster again. I love that. I wish she would have stuck around and suplexed his ass into the pool of blood or something. Really opened up a can of whoop-ass on that motherfucker. I got a man's ass to whip. And I got alcohol to drink. She gets back to George and heals him by putting her hands on his neck and kissing him. He's all good, baby. They notice some cloak shadowy fuckers coming their way, so they take off. They end up at another well that's about a hundred more feet down. Scarlet's like, We gotta rectify our sins and jump down this well. Zed's like, no fucking way, man, but the monsters are coming, so they all announce their sins and apologize for them or own up to them or something. I didn't totally get how that helped, but those are the rules. They take each other's hands and jump. When they land, they're all fine. They find a manhole cover and start trying to pull it open. They figure out that they need to push it open. There's a pretty neat shot of them crawling out of the manhole cover feet first and coming out the other side upside down. They close up the hole and can finally feel a sense of relief. Zed staggers off, hopefully to take care of that kid of his. George and Scarlet hug. We see a brief shot of Scarlet from before the whole adventure, talking about how she's not in it for the treasure, but for the historical value and to find the truth. Wow, what a nice way to wrap this up. Earlier I mentioned what I think is going on with all this crazy shit that's happening down in the catacombs. My thought is that the catacombs are a character that mirrors what's inside you and brings it out externally as a manifestation. Which is one of the reasons why I think the people who are most scared have the worst time down there. Benji is probably the least experienced person on this trip and he gets fucked up pretty bad a couple of times before he falls to his death. The only person that doesn't really get hurt in any way is Scarlet. I think that's because what's inside her is this strong willed confidence to just keep pushing forward and trust her instincts. She she has blind ambition to find the Philosopher's Stone. She literally speeds through a Ptolemaic hinge that, if she gets wrong, will crush her and George with rocks, as well as diving headfirst into a small underwater tunnel that leads into the next room. Everyone else in the group kind of starts off with, nah, fuck that, when they run into these obstacles. But Scarlett just sees them as the next piece of this puzzle. She completes them and moves on. That's why, as silly as it is when she decides, oh shit, I have to speed run my way back out of hell put the stone back, collect the real stone and then speed run my way back through hell again to save George it just works. It's what she believes inside of her so it's reflected outside of her. Unfortunately for almost everyone else this same philosophy is used against them they all have fears and regrets to be preyed upon. The longer they spend in the cave, the more those are used against them, eventually causing them to give up on surviving inside they lose hope so outside hope is lost i think it's a pretty interesting concept that they use throughout this movie even early on when scarlet is looking for someone to guide her through the catacombs that dude just appears and tells her where to find papillon it's like she manifests him as well It's similar to a Pennywise character, or the episode Dangerous Soup from Are You Afraid of the Dark, or Event Horizon, or even Freddy Krueger. It knows what you're afraid of, and will use that information to break you down before killing you. The difference being, you can almost use this power to your advantage if you can keep your thoughts positive. Anyway, that's kind of what I gathered from it. When this movie came out, it was absolutely shit on people were content with dunking on it from half court. I can understand why because some of the details that make this movie really interesting are pretty easy to miss. I don't think I would have known what the fuck was going on if I didn't do a decent amount of extra research afterwards. The kills and scares would have felt a little undeserved, but I'm about to rectify that shit right now. The tension in this movie is almost always there. It feels like you're always waiting for something to pop out, but it really does a great job of not overdoing this. I think this this really helps pump up the anticipation of when will it happen there's not a ton of jump scares and for this type of movie that's amazing i can see this being compared to the descent a lot i love both of those movies but i would say this one does jump scares better although this movie is quite a bit sillier it's still scary Another thing that is really well thought out is that no one is killed until they crawl into hell. It's about an hour into the movie before this happens. Before that, there's plenty of danger and moments that will freak you out or make you clench your butt cheeks, but it almost makes the deaths feel even heavier. I love a lot of the unexplainable shit that's happening in the cave. The entrances, appearing and disappearing, takes away any idea of them turning around and leaving after a certain point. It's very surreal." I'm not too knowledgeable on the mythology in the movie, but I think it's pretty neat and the movie does a good job using this to reflect everything that happens in the movie. With all that said, I'm giving this movie 4 out of 5 legs sticking out of the floor. Well, that'll do it for me tonight. After this, I'm going to start getting into some Christmas horror. I haven't really spent a lot of time on the holiday themed movies, so I'm excited to see what kind of bullshit goes on in the ones that I have picked out check me out on instagram spotify and apple podcast share this show with your friends give it a rating and all that bullshit as always thanks for listening to midnight movie theater until next time to Zed and Suksi, Papillon tells them Zed is the climbing expert and Suksi is the banshee. Oh my god, my fucking cats. Oh no. <laughs> hey, shut the fuck up. I'm fucking doing something. Hey. Stupid motherfuckers. <laughs> hey. Knock it off. Motherfuckers. Okay, god damn it. Where was I?